Ministry of Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. Our vision is bringing people into the full realization of their potential in God and our mission. Building a community of believers whose lifestyle positively influenced change in the society. Welcome to Lighthouse. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthouseng.org. said he wanted me to talk at this conference. I mean, it was an honor and I'm happy to be here. Praise the Lord. I mean, this is home. Praise the Lord. And you know, I'm so happy about the topic of this conference. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so what I'm going to be doing this morning is the fact that I'm going to start from where Pastor Yo ended yesterday. I say, what you need to understand is that the scriptures must be taught precept upon precept, line upon line, because the purpose of teaching is not merely information, it's for transformation. Hallelujah. And one of the rules of scripture is the fact that we must not stop hearing the things that we have been taught so that they do not sleep away from us. Hallelujah. So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to start off and then go over a few things Pastor you have said yesterday to kind of set the foundation for some of the things that I am going to be talking about today. And he's asked me to talk about the Holy Spirit and faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm going to start immediately with John chapter 14, verse 18 in the New King James Version. John chapter 14, verse 18 in the New King James Version. It says, I will not leave you orphans. Now this, the context of this statement was when Jesus was preparing his disciples for his exit. He had been telling them, for quite a while that he was going to be crucified in Jerusalem and on the third day he was going to be raised from the dead praise the Lord and I'm, that did not exactly sit right with them and so there was a need for him to do a lot of teaching about what was going to happen when he departs and the fact that he wasn't going to leave them they were not going to be alone praise the Lord you see because the closer he got to Jerusalem the more tense things began. He has started having people, former disciples departing. The Pharisees were up in arms. He had become a threat. And so they, by extension, were a threat. So this was a person they were looking to, to protect them. And he was talking about dying. Now that didn't make sense to them. Praise the Lord. And so he was right now trying to allay their fears. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And you see, whatever he was saying to them, he's also saying to us. Praise the Lord. 
And so he says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you orphans. I know the thing about the English language is that it's quite shallow. Uh, and you see, we're using a shallow language to interpret another language that is pretty deep. And so when a word often is used in the Greek, it has such a rich meaning. And for us to get the full import of what Christ was saying here, we need to look at the original Greek. And that word translated in English as orphans is actually from a Greek word orphanos. Praise the Lord. And it means quite a number of things. It means to be fatherless. It means to be poverty stricken. It means to be helpless. It means to be abandoned, which means to be left without needed protection or care. It means to be desolate, which means to be devoid of warmth or care. And it means to be forlorn. Now the word forlorn means to be sad, to be lonely, to be empty, to be hopeless and in poor condition, having no chance of success. Now if you look at this meaning, you will understand why the Bible in the book of James says pure and undefiled religion is taking care of the widows and the orphans. Because the orphans in Israel, listen, because it was a male-dominated society, the orphans in Israel were actually helpless. They were in a very vulnerable position. And because God is the protector of the weak, he says, listen, if you are my people and you are serious about following me, if your religion is pure, you need to take care of these people. Hallelujah. Now, so what Christ is telling us in John chapter 14, verse 18 when he says, I will not leave you orphans, what he was therefore saying is that I'm not going to leave you fatherless. I'm not going to leave you poverty stricken. I'm not going to leave you helpless and abandoned and desolate and forlorn. And he says, instead, I'm going to come back in the person of the Holy Spirit to ensure that you are not without help. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah that you are not without help. And so the Holy Spirit has been sent by the Lord to provide us with the needed guidance, with the needed protection, with the needed care and help so that number one, we can fulfill the purpose for which God has called each one of us. Number two, that we can experience our inheritance in Christ. Number three, that we can live the rich and full life that Christ died to give to us. Can I submit to you that without the Holy Spirit, we cannot live the Christian life? I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The thing, however, we need to understand is that we really cannot experience his help if we do not start to cooperate and yield to his leadership in our lives. When we look at Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 to 6, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 in the New King James, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Listen to me, verse 5 is a deliberate statement. Because by default, human beings are independent. By default, we always want to do our own thing. We want to be our own man. Hallelujah. 
And what we don't seem to understand is that the spirit of sin is independence from God. That was the bait Satan sold to Adam. That you don't have to be dependent on God. You can be God yourself. You're not, not having to depend on God. And for one reason or the other, it appealed to Adam. And that streak has continued from Adam through generation to generation. And you see, listen to me. The day you decide you want to start being dependent on the Holy Ghost is the day you realize that this our flesh doesn't like to submit. I mean, if I ask each one of you right now, how many of your decisions do you run by God? Hallelujah. So verse 5 says, and lean not on your own understanding. In all, does it say some? In all, all means all, your ways acknowledge him. The onus is on you to do the acknowledgement. He can't do that for you. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Praise the Lord. Now, on his part, he's promised to lead us. But what is our part? We must invite his leadership. We must submit to that leadership. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen. I've spent quite a while in the corporate world running my business. I've also been doing ministry for quite some time. And I can tell you that any area of your life you submit to the Holy Spirit, you'll prosper. The problem is that our default is to consult him only in crisis. By that time, certain things, sometimes he may come through, or sometimes he needs to allow you to pass through it. He will be with you in the crisis, but there are lessons you need to learn. If not, you will not value what he has come to do in your life. And so if we will submit leadership and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in the area of our finances, you will prosper. Listen to me. Scripture is filled with examples that the Holy Ghost knows where money is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I can't listen. I have testimonies. Testimonies upon testimonies of the Holy Ghost showing me exactly where to look for jobs. Except you like waka about. You know what waka about is just rowing about, not achieving anything. They're getting frustrated. Hallelujah. If you would allow him to lead you in your marriage, you will have a much better relationship with your spouse. Waiting until the marriage is almost broken to start consulting the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, the Bible says, seek the Lord when he can be found. I mean, you will find him, oh, praise the Lord. But listen, why wait? When you should have been depending upon him, you told the Holy Spirit, I know how to do marriage. When you are looking for a spouse, oh God, help me to find a spouse. You found one, and then when you get married, Having begun in the spirit, you want to perfect your marriage in the flesh. You're setting yourself up for a heartbreak. Let me see. You see, when you are struggling in any area of your life, when you are depressed 
when you are frustrated, it's a good sign that in that area you are not dependent. You have not brought him into the key decisions and into the things you are doing in that area. And listen, I'm being, being very specific. I can be submitted in this area and not invite him here. You will only see him operate here. He will not, listen, the Holy Ghost does not go where he's not invited. You must invite him. Praise the Lord. Listen, what I'm doing is laying the foundation. Are you getting it? You must invite him. In fact, when the Bible says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you, you will find out that the sequence is important. The choice to draw near to him is yours. The promise to respond to your seeking him is his. And so when the Lord says, draw near, you must seek him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So listen to me. We can't become the person God has created us to be without the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, as we with open faces, 2 Corinthians 3.18, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed from one level of glory to the other, even by the Spirit of the Lord. Which means transformation happens through the agency of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that takes the word and brings about change in our lives. Listen, the word alone will not change you. The Bible says the letter killeth. It is the spirit that giveth life. Hallelujah. Amen. Just to emphasize this, and I, I just have this sense that the Holy Ghost wants me to emphasize this. If God felt we could do Christianity without the Holy Spirit, he would not have asked the apostles to tarry in Jerusalem. He would have said, go ahead, I've taught you enough. Based upon the word I've given you, you can take that word and go and preach. Not one soul will get born again. In fact, they will open their mouth, close it, nothing will come out. Because the kind of fear, you see, people don't seem to understand the atmosphere in Jerusalem at that time. They were hiding. Look, have you ever seen crucifixion? It's a gory way to die. If your master, your master, they carried your master that has so much anointing. Who are you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So we can't be. We can't. We can't. Listen, we can't even experience our inheritance without him. He's the one that has been sent to lead us and to guide us into these truths. Hallelujah. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that I, I don't understand how we can even think we can live the Christian life without him. Look, when I got born again, you know, sometimes in teaching, it's not the emphasis matters. You can teach the right thing and emphasize the wrong thing. And if you are not careful, it's that emphasis that people will follow. You know, when I got born again, nobody thought, I, I was just reading, I said, God, give me hunger for your word. So I started reading the Bible. I started fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. I started spending time. And I was just talking to God. Within three months, my life had so transformed. Then after a while, I got back. I started learning the truth. And so you have to be careful. When you're being taught precept upon precept, you need to understand that sometimes these divisions are done for the purpose of teaching. They are not separate. 
Hallelujah. It's one truth. Praise the Lord. It's one whole. It's not as if this one is the method I'm using. You must be rounded. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then I got, I'm not sure where I got it from. But I just got into dependence on the Holy Spirit to dependence on knowledge. And my growth stagnated. I was getting edified, but the rate of transformation of my character reduced. And then after a while, you know, I would pray, I would spend hours in prayer, and, oh, God is about the heart. Listen to me, God is about the heart. And I would, you know, I would be blessed, but the intimacy I wanted to have with God, I wasn't experiencing. So I said, God, something is still not quite right about my prayer life. You know, when I listened to Kenneth Hagin a lot, I realized that all his revelation came when he humbled himself and asked God to teach him. So I went to meet God and said, something's wrong. Teach me how to pray again. At, at that time, I thought I was a prayer warrior. Hallelujah. And then I began to learn to live dependent on the Holy Spirit. Listen, I've done the one of independence, using knowledge to run my Christian life, and depending upon the strength and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to run my Christian life. I submit to you, depending on the Holy Spirit is better, sweeter, more enjoyable. I'm having fun as a Christian. Praise the Lord. I'm enjoying my Christian work. I'm experiencing the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. I don't have to wait for a camp meeting. On a daily basis, there's as long as you have work to do, as long as you have things to do, he's available. Praise the Lord. So let's take full advantage of this awesome gift that God has given to us. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. And this is a message for somebody. Now here's God speaking. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. He doesn't get tired. His understanding is unsearchable. There's nothing you can possibly go through that he doesn't have an answer for. Verse 29, I love this. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Listen to me. If you are here in this place and you have reached that stage in your life where it's not as if you are physically tired, but inside you are tired. Am I speaking to somebody here? God says he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he will increase your strength in this conference. Verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now the youth and the young men are symbolic of the full strength of a human being. And he's saying the strongest of men will faint, and they will utterly fall. And let me warn you, the way this world system is designed, it is designed to wear you out. That's why Christ made a call. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Praise the Lord. 
Verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord, those who wrap themselves around him in complete dependence, shall, he says that they shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Now this describes the life of a person who walks by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I'll just quickly go over a few things Pastor Ayo said yesterday. Who is the Holy Spirit? We can't hear enough of it. So let's get it right. He's God. Praise the Lord. He is God. He's the third person of the Godhead. Do you understand me? He's the third person of the Godhead. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient, which means he's all-knowing and all-wise. Praise the Lord. He's eternal, having no beginning and having no end. Praise the Lord. He's not, listen, he's not less than the Father or the Son, but he's equal to them and he's one with them. In fact, of the three of them, the Father and the Son defer to, the, they, they actually protect the Holy Spirit. I mean, Christ, for Christ to say that, look, if you sin against me, you'll be forgiven. If you sin against the Father, the Bible says you'll be forgiven. But the sin against the Holy Spirit is the one they say you can't be forgiven. Which means that they don't play with him. Praise the Lord. He is God, and listen to me, because he's God, he's worthy of worship. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of our reverence. Praise the Lord. So do not treat the Holy Spirit. Do not treat him with disrespect. Can I say something? If a meeting is going on, and the Holy Spirit is definitely in that place, that's not the time to bring out your phone and start looking at social media. It's disrespectful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We must reverence him. We must understand that he's God in us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says he lives in us and will be with us forever. We see that in John chapter 14, 16 to 17. Praise the Lord. The next thing we want to say, I, I might not read too many scriptures because I know Pastor Ayo has laid down a lot of scriptures for this particular thing I'm talking about. The next thing I want to re-emphasize is that the Holy Spirit is not an influence. In the Nigerian church, we've reduced him to an influence. He's not power. He's not energy. Hallelujah. He's a person, but he's a person that influences and is all-powerful. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. And because he's a person, he has emotions, so you can grieve him. You can please him. You can make him happy. Praise the Lord. Because he's a person, the Bible makes us know that he has a mind. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12 one says, But the one and the same Spirit works in all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And then Romans chapter 8.27 says, He who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He knows what the mind of the Holy Spirit is. You are dealing with a full-fledged person living on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. You see, there's a reason I'm particularly bringing out the concept of the personality. Because he's a person, it means I can fellowship with him. If I think of the Holy Spirit as smoke, I think about power. How do I fellowship with power? 
All I want to do with power is channel it. I don't care what the parts, I don't care what the power thinks. I should just use it. Abi, power is to be used. Amen. So that's why some people, because of the concept of the Holy Spirit as power, think they can use him. You can't. He's the one to lead you. You are not to lead him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, it, it's actually funny that we could think we can lead him. Maybe if you know the way, you are, you, are, you are qualified to lead anybody. But do you know the way? Do you know what's going to happen 4 o'clock tomorrow in your life? You have no idea. So why on earth would you want to lead him? Praise the Lord. So he's not an influence. He has a mind. He has a will. He has an emotion. Number three, because of that, because he's a person, he will communicate with you. He will communicate his emotions to you. He will communicate his thoughts and his plans to you. Praise the Lord. And the more you humble yourself and the more you show yourself meek before him, the Bible says the meek will he guide in judgment. Lastly, he's not water. He's not fire. Holy Ghost, fire! See, when we say those things, we paint a picture that, you know, as you're seeing, you're seeing fire, 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 fire. He's not fire. He's not wind. He is not um, a dove. But these things are symbolic. Praise the Lord. They are used to represent certain aspects of his personality and the things he's come to do in our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know, when you look at water, where did that come from? I mean, it was actually Jesus that says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Praise the Lord. Now, when you think about water, there are certain things about water that we all know. Number one, water is used to cleanse. Water is representative of life. Water refreshes. Praise the Lord. And so when the water is used to represent the Holy Spirit, it's telling us that he's a life-giving spirit. Praise the Lord. He's telling us that when we allow him to operate in our lives, he will refresh us. And let me tell you something. If you will yield to him, he will cleanse your heart. He will cleanse your mind. You know, one of the things the Holy Spirit taught me, he said, Shola, before you talk to men, talk to me first. And I find out that, especially maybe when I'm upset, before I use that my feeling to talk, or I've seen the situation, I may not even be upset, but looking at the situation from the natural, he says, don't yet talk. Because sometimes what the person did is a provocation by the devil. So I'll first spend time with God. By the time I've spent time with the Holy Spirit, it would have changed my whole perspective. I'll start to see things from a different point of view. So that when I'm now acting, I'm acting in sync with him. Because he knows what's going to happen. Satan is a chess player. By the time he's doing some things, he's provoking you. He already knows what your flesh will do. So he's waiting for you there. Such times, be slow to speak. Be swift to hear. And be very slow to get angry. I'm speaking to somebody here today. You are about to go back after this seminar to talk to somebody, to talk sense into somebody's life. You think you are right. No, there's somebody here. You think you are right. You are not. You don't have the whole picture. God says I should tell you to spend some time with him. Spend time praying first and ask him to guide you. By the time he's done with you, you have a different perspective. 
Then fire. Fire. We know fire is symbolic of energy. Amen. And we know that some engines were run with fire. Praise the Lord. The coal, the coal, the coal trains. They were burning and the energy of fire was used to drive it. So we know that fire energizes and fire also consumes. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Ghost energizes. He will energize you. And listen, he will consume all that doesn't glorify God in your life. Ah, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know when Jesus was talking about the baptism with which I will be baptized? <laughs> but it's all good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's also wind. And the thing about wind is the fact that it cannot be seen. But man, wind is powerful. I mean, we had something close to a hurricane in Lagos some years back. And billboards were being thrown on the ground. We couldn't see the wind, but we saw its impact. We saw the power. And that's why the Holy Ghost is representative. Or wind represents the Holy Spirit. And lastly, the dove. The dove symbolizes gentleness and meekness. Let me tell you. The Holy Spirit is gentle. It's his nature. In fact, the way, by, by the time you will hear his authoritative voice. You don't hear it too often. But by the time you hear it, you need to hear it. But the default is that he's gentle in his approach in leading you. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, if you want to be stubborn, he will speak gently to you, but will not force his will on you. You need to understand that. If you are going to benefit from the Holy Spirit, you need to humble yourself. And you need to pay attention to him. Praise the Lord. Good. Still good. Praise the Lord. Amen. So very quickly, um, I, I will go over the things he's come to do in our lives, all right? Just very quickly. And you'll understand why I'm doing that. Because for me to talk about faith and the Holy Spirit, there's a need to put it in context. I'm, I'm saying, because if you don't understand the value of something, you cannot, you cannot appreciate it. You won't seek it. Hallelujah. And so I'm taking time to talk about who the Holy Spirit is, what he's been sent to do in our lives. And as God helps me, I, I, I trust him to help me put it into context of your daily lives. Praise the Lord. And so we know that um, the same passage of scripture, John 14, 16, I started with. And Jesus says that I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. The King James says I will give you another comfort. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we know that... Um, the, the, the Greek word is alos parakletos. Are you getting my point? And the alos means another of the same kind as opposed to heteros. Heteros means another of a different kind. Alos, another of the same kind. Or what Jesus was saying is that he's exactly like me. He's exactly like me. And the word parakletos, which was translated as helper in the New King James and comforter in the um, King James Version, it's actually a compound. It has, it has more than one meaning. Praise the Lord. And I'm sure you've learned that it means someone who is a comforter. Someone who would bring you comfort. Someone who is your advocate. Someone who is your intercessor. Someone who is going to be your counselor. Someone who is going to be your strengthener. And somebody who is going to be a standby. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so what are we saying? We're saying that what Jesus is saying to us is the fact that there's no reason why you should be sad. 
you have somebody who will encourage you. I'm serious. The reason why you are not experiencing it as much as you want to experience it is that you are not asking for it. You are not placing a demand on his comfort. I learned this. Interestingly, I learned the comfort of the Holy Spirit early in my salvation experience. You see, unlike some of us, that when you got born again, you are very happy. Me, I was not happy. You know, I was coming, I was in Unilag, and I, the kind of company I worked with, you know, had certain beliefs. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I won't say beyond that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so I would go for fellowship, and they'll be lifting their hands. I say, what's wrong with this one? Why are they leaving? Me, I'm not happy. Then I got it filled with the Holy Ghost, and you know, I was just talking to him one day. I said, oh, this be sad. I'm not happy. Why are you not happy? Did I, did I know? Does that happen to anybody? You wait, you're just not happy. So he said to me, I said, Holy Spirit, comfort me. And then a voice said to me, pray in the Spirit. I paused in the list. He said, pray in the Spirit. So I began to pray in tongues. And suddenly joy started bubbling up on the inside of me. Hallelujah. So it happened. I said, this one is boo-boo. Because I was very cerebral. I tend to analyze a lot of things. So again it happened. I said, let me try it again. Holy Spirit, I need comfort. Once again... This time, you see, don't, don't box him. It's not every time it's tongues. There are times you can't even, you won't even feel like praying in tongues. Praise the Lord. But just ask. By the way, it's a primary way to receive from God. If you don't ask, you won't receive. Period. So he's come here to comfort you. So for those that mourn in Zion, the Holy Spirit is within you to encourage you to comfort you. To somebody here that is about to give up, don't. He will help you. The problem is your perspective. You are looking at the wrong thing. By the time he's done with you, you'll be on fire. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He has been sent to be our advocate. Now this we need to understand. Now lawyers in the house will understand what an advocate is. Now, an advocate is someone who promotes, one, supports and defends his client's interest. He promotes things that are in the client's best interest. He defends the things that are in the client's best interest and he supports it. Which is why you find that courts, when an advocate is representing you, anything that will not benefit you, your advocate will protect you. And so the Holy Ghost has been sent to promote in our lives things that are in your best interest. Praise the Lord. So when, he's, when you say you want to go south and he's saying going left, he's your advocate. He's promoting your best interest. And when he allows you and you obey him and you are going in that direction and somebody is trying to challenge you, he will defend your interest. If God be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding me? Let me give you an example. If you are praying for a job and the Lord puts you in a particular company, listen to me, nobody can take you out of that company. The only person that can take you out is you. And many times it's out of fear or offense. So listen, if God leads you somewhere, if he has not told you to leave, sit down there. Praise the Lord. He is our intercessor. He prays. He helps us to pray in line with the will of the Father. Praise the Lord. Amen. And we need him. The truth, even if I don't quote Romans chapter 8 verse 26, 
The truth is that we don't know how to pray as we ought. The truth. Many times we pray amiss. We are binding what we don't know we are binding. We are losing what we don't know. They are, listen, not, not everything that they look alike doesn't mean the same thing happens. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit for our prayer life. Let me warn you. If you are here and you think you know how to pray, you don't know as you ought to know. In fact, to keep growing in the kingdom, you have to empty yourself and keep learning. We have not learned all that can be learned about prayer. Because each situation is different. Hallelujah. So in terms of prayer, he has been sent to help us be effective. I never start praying without asking for the help of the Holy Spirit. Even my personal prayer life. How many of you have started praying and your emotions started misbehaving? Hello? Am I talking to Christians? How many of you are praying and your brain went in a different direction? Or how many of you are praying and you mentioned something? And when you mention something, full stop. You know, there are some things that if you say with your mouth, it can stop the whole prayer. Now, because I realize there are infirmities in my flesh, I do not trust myself in prayer. So I ask him to guide me. I ask him to guide my thoughts. I ask him to guide my emotions. I ask him to guide my utterance in prayer. And every time I do that, oh, this has been a while since I've had a dull moment in prayer. Before it's that up down. You know, some days you pray, you hit it. Another day you pray, you know, you're just, you're just doing it. Hallelujah. He's a counselor. Ah, do we need advice? We need wisdom. Now, many of us don't ask because we're afraid of disappointment. You can't do that. Ask. Ask for advice. He has a million ways of communicating to you. Listen, it is the onus of the parent to know how to speak the language of the children. We are not the parent. He is the parent. He knows you well. If you will just believe, the only thing he's asking you to do is believe. If you just believe he will speak, he will. And you will know. And when he speaks and you are not sure, don't start behaving like we behave in classroom. When the teacher says something we don't understand, we keep quiet. With the Holy Spirit say, are you the one telling me this? And he will clear it up for you. Number five, he's our strengthener. Amen. Do we need strength? Ah, do we need strength? Can I say something to you? Are you aware that every activity you are engaging in is drawing energy from your spirit? The Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a broken spirit, who can bear? When there's no energy inside there, <laughs> and infirmity or challenges hits you, you have no resistance. Praise the Lord. So everything, you, which is why sometimes when, some, when pastor here comes here, he may, I don't know whether he's told you before, when he comes here and teaches and everybody is blessed, he may get to and be feeling depressed. Sometimes so much virtue has left his spirit, he's depleted. Hallelujah. We need strength. Hallelujah. Listen, I can't tell you, so let, let's go back to the corporate records. There are times at work when a client calls and something needs to be done. And you are looking at work and you don't want to do work. Does, is there anybody like that? 
Now, let me advise you. Instead of yielding to the feeling of your infirmity, yield to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, please give me the strength and the wisdom to do this work. Listen, I've run my business for 26 years. I have experienced it for 26 years, which means it's not a theory. It's a life principle. It's something that he always does. Praise the Lord. He will strengthen you, and last, and he is your standby. Now, being a standby means he's your rock and a reliable help. And the scripture that best captures it is Psalm 46, verse 1 to 2, that says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. You can rely on him. Praise the Lord. Ah, there are stories. I remember once when a client called me and said to me that their auditor said our software package was rubbish. They've been using it for eight years. No problem. This was Saturday, not even weekday, that we should have a meeting on Monday. I just, I just went to the Holy Spirit. And the scripture that came to my mind is that no weapon that is fashioned or formed against you shall prosper. As soon as he told me, and every tongue that has risen up against you in judgment will be silenced. So I went, just calm down, went for the meeting. The MD sat there, I sat here, his wife sat there, the principal auditor sat there, the junior sat there, and the accountant sat there, and we started the meeting. You know when the Bible says, in that hour, do not meditate in your heart what you shall say, but the spirit of my father will give you what to say. When they said, I shall speak, and I opened my mouth. I knew it wasn't coming from my head. As the words were coming out, the senior principal was nodding. I said, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Was... At the end of the day, the whole thing was turned around. Apparently, the junior auditor wanted to bring in his own software. And he had connived with the accountants, and they wanted to edge me out. The Holy Ghost turned everything. He's, this, he's an ever present help. Number seven, he's a teacher. I ask him regularly. When you read the Bible, don't just read. Ask him to teach you. By the way, he's not limited to teaching Bible alone. The Bible doesn't say he will teach you only scriptures. He says he will teach you all things. He will teach you medicine. He will teach you pharmacy. He will teach you engineering. For me, he taught me IT. Hallelujah. He taught me software development. He taught me IT, uh, network infrastructure. Everything. He will lead me to the book, Ashuba, then give me insight. Number eight is our guide. He will guide us on the journey. Praise the Lord. So let's start to wrap up. Hear me. You can, we will not benefit from any of these things I've said without faith. Can I say something? You can't even develop an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit without faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. You see, there's a way I used to look at that. But the Holy Ghost was showing me something. Are you aware, number one, that nobody will develop with a, a relationship with a person they do not believe exists. Does that make sense? Number two, 
Whether you realize it or not, you do not develop a relationship with somebody you do not feel that relationship will benefit you in some way or the other. Let me bring it home. When you say you like somebody, you have recognized a quality about that person that kind of makes you feel better. That's some benefit, am I correct? And it is that liking that draws you to seek a relationship with them. Am I, am I speaking someone's language? Nobody goes to develop a relationship with somebody that will be detrimental to your health. That is toxic. Praise the Lord. Good. Now here's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He's saying that for you to seek a relationship with God, there are two beliefs you must have. The belief number one is that he exists. An atheist does not seek to develop a relationship with God because they do not believe he exists. Number two, you believe that relationship will benefit you. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so we must have faith in all these benefits. And if you listen to me, if you don't believe it will affect every area of your life, you will not prioritize it. Let me say something. It's not automatic. That I believe that God exists doesn't mean I believe that it, a relationship with him will benefit me. Somebody says, and ah, why will you say that? Listen to me. What you really believe is seen by what you do. If you really believe it, you will spend time with him in the morning. You will get him involved in everything you do. Hallelujah. That's one thing about faith. Number two, without faith, we cannot even please the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit and the Father are one, if without faith we can't please the Father, without faith we can't please the Holy Spirit either. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Number three, without faith, we cannot receive wisdom and guidance from the Holy Spirit. Not that he will not speak. Praise the Lord. Listen, the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 5 to 8, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And categorically, the Bible says it will be given. Not it may be given. There's an assurance that if you ask for wisdom, it will be given. However, we must ask in faith. That statement is more for us than for him. Because, listen, unbelief will block the flow. You will reject what God is saying because of unbelief. Hallelujah. Amen. And so faith opens us to the wisdom of God. Unbelief will cause you to second-guess everything you hear. So the Bible says that person is like a sheep being tossed to and fro. Hallelujah. Number four, without faith, even when we hear, we won't obey. The absence of faith, hear me, is unbelief. The product of unbelief is disobedience. Can I ask a question? Will you obey somebody you don't trust? If you feel that somebody doesn't have your interest at hand, person that if you trust me, you will be blessed. And if you trust me, jump up now. If you don't trust the person, you will sit down. Hallelujah. Without faith, we can't obey. 
And number five, without faith, we cannot receive a supply of the Spirit and experience the working of miracles in our midst. Galatians chapter 3, verse 2 to 5. Verse 2 says, this only I want to learn from you. It says, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit, catch this to you, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles amongst you, how does he do it? The Bible says he does it by, not by the works of the law, but by the hearing of faith. Praise the Lord. Many times when the Holy Ghost wants to do something, he will say, go and do this. Sometimes it won't make sense to you. But by faith you obey. And when you do what he said you should do, he will watch over his words to perform it. Hallelujah. And lastly, I love this about the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes when we think about faith, some people are struggling with faith. Praise the Lord. Am I correct? Yeah, you know, some people are praying, God, give me more faith. And you don't pray like that. Faith comes by hearing the word. But I love this. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. If you will ask him, he will teach you faith. Praise the Lord. You know, when I listened to Kenneth Hagin, and God gave him his mandate, he says, I have taught you faith. Listen, God is no respecter of person. Kenneth Hagin, at the time he was being taught, was like you and I. It wasn't because he was a prophet or um, a teacher or in the ministry. This is available for everyone. If you will ask, you will receive he will teach you faith. Not only will he do it, if you want him to give you practical experience, he will lead you into practical experience. You know, I learned how to baptize people with the Holy Ghost by the teaching of the Holy Spirit. I used to talk to the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, teach me how. Because I'll see all those leaders in the fellowship lay hands. People start feeling, getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I say, correct. How are they doing it? So I went to meet the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, teach me how to get people baptized in the Holy Ghost. So one day in Unilag, I went to pray at Sports Center. While I was praying, one small boy just came and tapped me. Pip, pip, pip. I said, eh? He said he wants to pray in tongues. Ah. So I looked around. There wasn't anybody in Sports Center. I said, if I fail, I will fail <laughs> in secret. So I said, Holy Spirit, thank you. Then he had shown me a scripture that, you know, if earthly fathers know how to give their children good gifts, how much more those who ask for the Holy Spirit, eh? So I told the boy to pray that prayer after me, the way you do sinner's prayer. Then I laid hands on him. Bass! He started speaking in tongues. He was jumping, I was jumping. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So listen to me. Build your faith. Get scriptures about the Holy Spirit. Meditate on those scriptures. Hallelujah.
pour over those scriptures. In a simple way, meditation is reciting scriptures over and over, thoughtfully. You roll it over in your mind. You keep listening to it. You keep speaking it. It mustn't depart from your lips. Are you getting my point? In fact, E.W. Kenyon said, any Christian that does not spend at least 15 minutes meditating on scripture every day cannot build strong faith. At least. Meditate every day. I have scriptures that I bring out. I mean, thank God for the mobile phone. So I put it on some of my apps. So if I'm waiting, I can bring it out and be reciting it to myself. Somebody says, why am I writing it? <laughs> when some kind of wahala hits you, you won't remember any scripture. So sometimes it's best to write it down. So when the brain is blank, you can see. Because listen to me, your mouth is supposed to weaponize the scriptures. We fight with our mouth. We take the sword of the spirit and we release it. Listen to me. The thoughts of the enemy, which is called the wiles of the enemy, designed to entrap, will be neutralized with the word of God on our mouth. Spend time fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Get him involved in everything that you do. Am I making sense? Get him involved. Fellowship with him. You wake up in the morning. Do you even say good morning? Say, ah, Holy Spirit. Of course, if you think it's just wind... You think it's just energy. Why are you greeting energy? Something must be wrong with you. But it's a person. Oh, you think he doesn't care? I mean, with parents, once they are child living in the house, the child will just look at you and walk out. But that's what we do. We neglect him and it grieves him. And one of the things the Holy Ghost is getting me to emphasize in this conference is that, listen, please spend time with me. Spend time. Spend time. I will make your life a beauty to behold. Spend time with me. Let me do all the things I want to do in your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's bow down our heads. By God's grace today, we are privileged to have Reverend Joseph Okpanachi in our midst. Reverend Joe, as fondly called, is a pastor of the New Creation World Center, Abuja. He had to narrate globally with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, teaching on the basic fundamentals of faith and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, emphasizing our healing and redemptive reality. He's happily married to Barista Celia, and they are blessed with four lovely children. Can I crave your indulgence as we stand to receive this ministry gift for the second session of ESCs? 2023 on Saturday. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor Shola, I don't know what I shall say to thee, but you have refreshed my spirit. Are we blessed? Just wave everywhere if you have been blessed. Thank, thank God for you. Thank God for you. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, servant of God, for... I do not take this privilege lightly. This is the third time. Anywhere you went once, they, bring, they brought you back again. 
and then they brought you back again. You must be doing something right in that place. You gave me the confidence that I'm, I must be saying something right. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Pastor, for luck. I got it this time. You know, thank you, sir. It's all the way from Ondo, I'm, I'm sure. Am I correct? Akure. Akure. Okay, I, I thought they were the one from Akure. Oh, good to have met you today. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Please, we may be seated. I trust the fellow in the computer room that I, I didn't bother to bring my Bible since. <laughs> I have faith in him. <laughs> that as I mentioned, okay, about four hours, right? <laughs> you know how we do it in Ramana? This course is 12 hour course. <laughs> All right. It's counting down already, so I better make use of it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I can never be tired of hearing about the Holy Ghost. And it's so refreshing to hear about Him, not it, but Him this morning. He's not a wind, He's not a dove. Is not an impersonal force. He is a person. Capital P person. And he lives in us. Isn't it wonderful to know that the third person of the Godhead lives inside of us? I, I, something that Jesus, two scriptures, something Jesus said. John chapter, it's like everybody has, has, we have to touch John before we can proceed. John chapter 14 verse 16. And I will pray. So it was a prayer point. I will pray the Father and he, the Father, will give you another, uh, this is not, this is New King James. Okay. Another helper, comforter, the uh, old King James will say, that he may abide with you forever. It was a prayer. I will pray the Father. Jesus will pray the Father, and then the Father will give you another comforter. He has explained the word another to us clearly. Uh, in verse 24, sorry, 26. But the helper, dear Jesus, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, Jesus believes in his prayers. How did he know the Father will send him? Because he prayed. I'll pray the Father. So the Holy Spirit has been given. And it was the prayer of Jesus. 
And since he has been given, he hasn't returned. He is with us. He is in the church. He is amongst us collectively. And he is in us individually. Put your hand, hand around your stomach area. Belly. Bible calls it. Say the Holy Ghost lives here. You should say it. The Holy Ghost. He, he lives here. He lives big in me. He has his home in me. He is comfortable in me. He is not under threat. He is alive and well. On the inside of me. I am a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. There are foes outside there. There are adversaries outside there, but greater. <laughs> greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There is a he in me. I am not alone. I don't go places alone. There is a he that lives in me. When I look into the eyes of the evil ones, the greater one looks through my eyes and, and, and then, and then they, they are scared. Why? Because the greater one is on the inside of me. Glory to God. Okay, First Corinthians 12. One, every Bible I ever own, I want out that page. The page of every Bible that I ever own. I wore out this chapter. First Corinthians 12. We're talking about the Holy Ghost. And I'm asked to speak on the Holy Spirit and the supernatural. Now, concerning spiritual gifts. If you, if you are following the old King James, it will put the word gifts. I don't know how it works here in Lagos, but at Abuja, anytime we go with the 1611 KJV, it puts the word gifts in a bracket, meaning it is italicized. If you look at the King James, old King James. Maybe we should do the old King James from the computer room. See, as, uh, uh, Lagos is different from Abuja. They didn't put it. But if you have King James version, you will notice that the word gifts, the font size of the word gifts is not the same as the other words around it. Am I correct? You are, you are not even looking at it yet. All of you are looking at me. I said, look at your, look at your KJV. Alright. Every single time you see any word italicized, it is because the first of all is not in the original text. The translators of the Bible put it that way. And their intention, which is most of, of the times good, is that they'll be able to explain better what that 
with, with that word, they will, the word they will explain better what that verse is saying. Sometimes it does. As, at some other times, doesn't. But today, it's a concerning spiritual. And the word spiritual, pneumaticos is the Greek word, things pertaining to, comma, and of the Holy Ghost. Things pertaining to and of the Holy Ghost. So he said, now concerning things pertaining to and the Holy Ghost, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. So, I believe Paul was inspired by the Holy Ghost to write this. In other words, we can simply say the Holy Spirit does not want the church ignorant of the things pertaining to and of him. And so many times you go to some churches and you hardly hear teachings on the gifts of the Spirit. A pastor was teaching on the gifts of the Spirit one day and another pastor walked inside and rebuked the pastor, the host pastor. Why are you teaching on the gifts of the Spirit? He said, because I mean, the Holy Spirit does not want his church ignorant. He said, no, you don't teach it to the people. You learn it. Then operate in them because when you teach them and they know what you know, he said, what is your advantage over them? Bad cancer. Huh? What's your advantage over them? Don't teach them. Don't teach them. May you not have bad counselors around you. God does not want the church ignorant. So, going, going forward from verse 2. Now, you know you were Gentiles carried on to those dumb idols. See, those idols are called dumb. Even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit. Also, the idols may be dumb, but the Holy Ghost is not dumb. Is a speaking spirit. No man speaking by the spirit of God called Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, cons uh, uh, there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations but the same Lord and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. One school of thought said that every single time we are discussing the, what we call, we call the gifts of the Spirit, that we are discussing some things that have to do with gifts. And then they say, when we say gifts, that specific gifts of, 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 of the Holy Ghost, are called specifically as gifts like the gift of prophecy, the gifts of tongues and interpretation, gifts of healings, that those are gifts. And then they said the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirit are administrations. And then the, the they talk about revelation gifts as uh, 
uh, operations. That is one school of thought. And then um, we, we, as the year progressed, greater revelation came that made it easier for us to, to understand the nine gifts of the Spirit that we're about to read as they were put into different classifications. For instance, in verse 7, he says, but the manifestation, the phanerosis the, the of the Spirit is given to how many men? Every man to profit with all. Then from verse 8, he started. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing. Actually, in the original text, the word gifts and healing are in plural. So gifts of healings. Because there are diverse endowments as far as the gifts of healings are concerned. By the same spirit. Then verse 10, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work at that one and self same spirit, divide known to every man severally as he wills. So the, the other school of thought says, these are nine gifts of the Spirit, but that we can break them into three headings. We have the gifts of utterance or inspirational gifts. Under that, we have prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Then we have the gifts of revelation that reveals something. Under that, we have word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. And then the third grouping we have comes under the gifts of uh, uh, power, power gifts. Under power gifts, we have the gift of faith, uh, uh, gifts of healings, and then the working of miracles. Uh, that, that is how they are. That they are gifts that do something, and then those ones are power gifts. Gifts that reveal something, and those are revelation gifts, and then the gifts that say something. So they are those gifts that Say, you are inspired to say something. Under that falls the uh, utterance gifts or the inspirational gifts. And then the gifts that do something are power gifts. Power is always doing something. And then revelation gifts, the gifts that reveal something. So under the, uh, uh, by that, it becomes, became easier to relate with these gifts. Um, what I wanted to do, because we don't have all the time, try a little bit to um, define what these gifts are. Let's start with word of knowledge. Uh, word of knowledge is not natural knowledge. Word of knowledge is not uh, the knowledge that we derive from academic exercises. It is not profound knowledge of the Bible, even though we are supposed to study to show ourselves approved unto God, the workman that is not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of, of, of truth. It's not even the knowledge of God. Word of knowledge is not the knowledge of God. Yet we are supposed to increase in the knowledge of God, but that is not, that is, this is not what that word of knowledge is. 
um, word of knowledge, like we say, word of knowledge. A word is a part of a sentence. And what God does in all the knowledge that he has is that he gives a part of that to us. We cannot know what God knows. It's not possible for us to know all that God knows. So God lets us in into a word of the bountiful knowledge that he has. So word of knowledge is supernatural revelation by the spirit of God of certain facts, certain facts in the mind of God. There are things God knows. Like God knows how many people have died in Lagos this morning. He knows how many people died yesterday. God knows how many babies were born yesterday. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know how many babies were born yesterday. But if God lets me in into how many babies that were born yesterday, that will be to me a word of knowledge from God. It's something that I don't know. I can't even picture it. Okay, so but God decides to let me in. So, a revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God about people, about places, or things. And word of knowledge always deals with the past and present. With the past and present. How does it work? Sometimes it comes through an inward revelation. At other times, word of knowledge can come through vision. There are three kinds of vision. There is open vision, there is trance, and there is spiritual vision. Spiritual vision is the lowest form of visions. Yet, the highest form of revelation is likened unto the lowest form of vision. The highest form of revelation is that you see things in your spirit. The second type is that you hear things in your spirit. The third type of revelation is that you know things in your spirit. I'll take that one more time. Three kinds of levels of revelation. You see things in your spirit. You hear things in your spirit. Then you know things in your spirit. Now that same things in your spirit and the lowest form of vision which is spiritual vision are almost similar. In Acts chapter 19 1 to 6 Acts chapter 19 1 to 6 Paul was on the way to Damascus to take some Christians captive, arrest them. But on the way he had an encounter. He saw a bright light. The light was so bright, it blinded his physical sight. He could not see anymore with his physical sight. His eyes were closed. But he said that he saw Jesus. How did he see Jesus? He saw Jesus in his spirit. Now that is spiritual vision. But he saw Jesus. And that is also likened to the highest form of revelation, which is seeing things in your spirit. Sometimes people say, okay, 
um, knowing things in the spirit. How, how do you differentiate that from inward witness? When it comes to knowing things, that is the manifestation of the spirit. But what of inward witness? In, in inward witness is your spirit picking up on things from the Holy Spirit. Your spirit becomes aware of, okay, um, I want to travel to Kaduna. I'm in, I'm in Abuja. Lord, is it okay to travel to Kaduna? Is the road safe? My spirit man takes a, a hold of the help of the Holy Spirit and shows me in Kaduna. And the moment I can see myself in Kaduna, I'm going. If I can see myself in Kaduna, I'm going. Why? Because he has showed me the way. So we do not go to places or stop going to places because there is danger or no danger. We are to be led by the Spirit. All of the time that things were happening between Abuja and Kaduna Road, we were going to teach classes in Rema. Yes. One day I came to Rema office. With, I was dragging my bag. <laughs> Where are you going? Kaduna campus. You are going to Kaduna? I say, yes. But haven't you heard? Well, I've been hearing. But I heard something this morning. I've been hearing those other ones. But I heard something this morning. That's why I'm going to Kaduna. Make matters worse. The driver, we chartered a taxi. At, at, about three in the taxi. And the man kept telling us stories along the way. This is when they laid some people on the ground and cut their throats. I say, where? He say, here. I say, here. Yeah. Then we pass. He say, see that mountain? He say, he, say, <laughs> he say, you see that mountain? Those guys used to come out from that mountain. He said, they are slim and very tall. He said, they are evil. Very evil. Every point of the way, he kept telling us stories on the way. But Kaduna, we are coming. So why were we going? We had an inside information. Are you listening to me? When Pastor Shola was teaching, oh, when he got to that place, he said, in business, how the Holy Spirit has helped him. I said, tell it. He didn't tell it. Come and tell it. I'll give you the microphone. Tell, you know, those practical experiences, we need them. It's like meat inside your meal. To eat food and not eat meat, it's not complete. Am I, am I talking? Huh? <laughs> I said, tell it. And I know that he was racing against time like I'm doing right now. I'm even diverting. I'm, I'm, I'm distracting myself right now. 25 minutes has gone. I know he was racing against time. If we'll have all the time, maybe he will come and tell it 
my uh, any other day and I will come and hear. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I say thank God for the Holy Ghost. Somebody say after me, I can see things in my spirit. I can know things in my spirit. And I can hear things in my spirit. Our first national director at Rema, Reverend Magbima, he made a statement. He said, when you get down praying over an issue, he said, don't stop praying until you see something or you hear something. Never heard that before. And I know someone is here also hearing it for the first time. He said, don't stop praying. The spirit realm is real. It's as real as the physical realm. Why are we engaging the things of the spirit and not go with it all the way. They are there. They are, th- they, are, they are there for us. These things are there for us. Visions and revelations. They are there for us. For us to know the things that we want to know. So many times you read in the Bible. And David inquired of the Lord. You cannot be a minister of the gospel. And not engage that place of wanting to know. Lord, I, I need to know this. What? Why are things like this? Am, am I talking? Why, are, why is it not going this way that I expect it to go? And David inquired of the Lord. This, is, this doesn't just belong to Brother Hagin. To know. Brother Hagin one time, a man came and the man put an advert out in the paper. And he challenged everybody. He put the advert was he will, he will give one thousand dollars to anybody that could prove that any miracle was happening in Ken Hagin's meetings going on in town. Hagin heard about it, and also also bought a, 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 a space in the in the in the National Daily, and put out an advert of ten thousand dollars. If anybody could prove that miracles were not happening in his meeting. He's not always that daring, but he was daring that day. He was that daring that day. And this is what the Lord said. In his place of prayer, the Lord told him, they'll bring somebody on a stretcher today. Then you will stand. He said, he saw himself stand up there on the platform, and there was this woman on a stretcher. He said, there will be those pastors, there are five of them. When they come in, I'll let you know when they come in. And you will know them. But he said, the moment you see them, Go to where, where you, you, you go to the pulpit area on the platform, point to that woman and tell everybody, I'm going to point my hand to that woman on the stretcher, paralyzed. And she's going to get up and walk. And if she didn't, then I'm a false prophet. <laughs> and he, 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 he just, like I, like I said, he did it, God did it. And the woman jumped out of the, out of, of, of the stretcher, running all over the place. And he pointed out the, those five guys. They were the ones that put out the advert. Amen. I said, Amen. 
God, is a, the Holy Spirit supports our position. I like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Yes, Glory to God. Ah. You know, we don't have 12 hours for this. <laughs> so the next one is word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is virtually like word of knowledge. Only that word of wisdom is a revelation of plans and purposes as it is in the mind of God. It's a supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of plans and purposes in the mind of God. When God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, it was a word of wisdom. When he gave him uh, and he told him how to build the tabernacle in the, in, the, in, the, in the wilderness, it was a word of because it was the will and the plan and the purpose of God for his people. When God told Israel how to live their lives before him, how they were again, it can come by audible voice. When God told Noah to build an ark, that was a word of wisdom word of wisdom audibly to Noah concerning the plan that God has, the, the purpose of God, and always word of wisdom deals with the future. Just like we have said before, uh, how does it work? It works through revelation. It works through visions. It can work through audible voices. can also come through the vehicle of prophecy. It can come through the vehicle of tongues and interpretation. We had a couple that came to Rema Abuja from the U.S. And both of them never seen a couple that operates in tongues and interpretation like that couple. The husband goes to the person and points to someone in the congregation and, and brings forth an utterance. Steps aside, the wife comes. And wife steps in front of that person, pointed point a hand at the person, and just 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 say out amazing things that causes the person to scream out. Okay, that could be word of knowledge that came, that could be word of wisdom that came, but it's coming through the vehicle of tongues and interpretation. And those things belong to us. That's how we are learning about them. We are talking about the Holy Ghost and the supernatural. Then the third kind is discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is not the gift of discernment. Some people say, I have the gift, as you are seeing me, so I have the gift of discernment. Mm, there is no gift called a gift of discernment. What they are really saying is that word of knowledge operates through them. But if you are talking about gift of discerning of spirits, you are talking about discerning spirits, spirits. And the word discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. By perceiving, by seeing or hearing. The gift of discerning of spirits is not the gift of, to discern evil spirits. It's not a gift of suspicion either. 
You see a fair girl, you must have water, you must, you must have something to do with marine spirit. <laughs> Say the way I'm looking at you. Mm. <laughs> that is not the gift of discerning of spirits. No. No. <laughs> we can discern the similitude of the Father. Actually, no man has seen God at any time. The first time I say, somebody says, What about Moses? The scriptures cannot be broken. John chapter 1, verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. What about Moses? Exodus 33. He saw the similitude of God. Is it possible to see the face of God? Not in, the, not in this flesh. If you see, if you see God eh, as He is, life will swallow you. I didn't say death will swallow you. I said life. <laughs> Somebody said probably what Enoch did and did wrong was that one of those days God came and visited Enoch, and God said He was going. Enoch said, "Let me see you." Because the Bible says, Enoch walked with God. And then we was not. How, do, how does God look like? How do you look like? I was told you were made in his image after his likeness. God has eyes. The eyes of the Lord runs to and fro. Am I right? His ears are not heavy. God has ears. The heavens, his throne, he's got tozo. The earth, his footstool, he's got feet. Um, are we talking? Uh, he, uh, he has hands. And the hand of the Lord was upon him. You will see it in different scriptures. So everything that you seem to have, God seems to have. Because you were made in his image. After his likeness. God doesn't have a physical body. Jesus does. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in a physical brown Middle East body. Forever a representative of the human race in heaven. In heaven with curly hair from Middle East. Looking like a, a looking Palestine in every respect. Brown. With nail prints in his hands. Fresh wounds. It happened this weekend. This weekend. <laughs> the arrest was day for yesterday. Yesterday. I killed him. 
we are still watching what will happen tomorrow. <laughs> you know that I will not be here to see it happen. <laughs> I will see him in Abuja. <laughs> Come on, shout hallelujah, somebody. We ought to hear the word of God excited about it. Yes, Amen. Yes. Is that okay? Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Then you can see the similitude of Jesus. That book is called the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, not Antichrist. Revelation 1.1. It is not the revelation of the Antichrist. That book is called the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave. I'm trusting the guy in the computer room. Don't disappoint me. And what did John see? John saw his hair. He saw his head. He saw what he had around him. He saw. He saw him all the way to his feet. From verse 10. One verse 10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying I am Alpha and Omega the first and the last. What thou seest, write in the book, send it unto the seven churches which are, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, Minor, Pergamos, Thyatira, and so on. Verse 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. This is like 60 years ago since John heard this voice. He used to put his head on his chest. But for him to turn, meaning he was backing the voice. But the moment he heard that voice, he knew that voice. Then he turned to see the voice that spake with him. And being turned, I saw. I saw seven golden candlesticks and in the middle of the seven golden candlesticks one like unto the son of man clothed with a garment down to the foot gathered about the paps with the golden girdle next verse his feet his hands sorry his head his hands John saw his hairs. He must be close enough. I say he must be close enough. He saw the hairs. He saw the head. He saw the hairs. White like wool. As white as snow. He saw the eyes. Woo! The eyes were like flame of fire. He saw his feet. saw the similitude of God. What is the Holy Ghost like? We have
have seen him in all the symbols, but I'm sure he's not different from the Father. I'm sure he's not different from Jesus. In this dispensation, he is playing the role that he's playing now to fit this dispensation. It's not because he is less relevant. Third person of the Godhead does not mean number three. Because when you talk about the, the Trinity means one God eternally existent in three persons. One God. One God eternally existent in three persons. One God. So if he is God here, can he be less God here? Can he be less God here? They are co-equal and co-eternal. Omnipotent forever. Omnipresent forever. Omniscient forever. None can be less than the other if not it won't be one God. Am I talking? If you had water filled a, a, a drum and you have three buckets out there, you poured out the content into those three buckets. Could you tell if any one of them was more H2O than the other? You are not talking to me. So how can the Father be more than Jesus? How can Jesus be more than the Holy Spirit? They are co-equal and co-eternal. Jesus was not always called the Son of God in the Old Testament. For him to carry out redemption plan, he had to come and be born of a woman and to be called the Son of God. He is also playing the role he's playing because of redemption. Because in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God himself. Amplified translation of John 1.1. 1, 1. The word was God himself. I like that himself. Hallelujah. Amplify it. Somebody say himself. The word was God. The word was God himself. So he didn't start existing when he was conceived of Mary. No. He pre-existed Mary. He created Mary. Mary was favored. I mean, your womb was used as the incubator to house God and to birth God. She was 
that's very good. Think about it. Mary is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. And both of them, while they were strolling, they meet. Hi, Jesus. And Jesus said, Ah, you don't tell. See, the way you were kicking when you were in my tummy. Forget about you are the Lord and the Christ now. And see the way you were you are just doing small, small miracles in the house. Small, small miracles in the house. They just they multiply the rice, multiply beans. <laughs> Why they not write that one? Just, just, just they multiply things. Just those your brothers. They don't even know who you be. You will tell Jude and Joseph to go iron your cloth. They say you myself, you don't get hand. Go iron your own cloth. They don't know who you be. Just think about it if you are one of those brothers of Jesus and treated him like any brother. Only to find out that he wasn't just anybody. That's why I like to read the book of James and Jude. I want to hear what both of them were saying about Jesus. Those were his half-brothers. They finally addressed him Lord and God. You call him your brother. God? Something must have happened. They must have seen so much. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm sure they could remember in the family, family house certain things that were happening that they we, we told them later on. Eh, no wonder. No, no, no wonder. <sighs> but what thing happened to us? We don't know say nothing. Say amen, somebody. Then we have power gifts. The gifts that does something. The gift of special faith is number one. As distinct from the general faith, the gift of special faith is that words spoken by a man or desired by a man or by God will eventually come to pass. Once those words are spoken under the operation of this gift called the gift of special faith. The gift of special faith. That when, as, when you talk about gift of special faith and working of miracles. Working of, of miracles employs faith that receives miracle actively Why the gift of special faith employs faith that receives miracles without doing anything. Two people had to do with lions in the Bible. One was Samson, the other one was Daniel. Daniel took a hold of a lion and ripped it apart. That is a miracle. Sorry, Samson, that is a miracle. One of our brothers tried it at Ibadan here some years ago. He is not here to tell the story. How many of you remember that story? Now, a human being 
And I'm sure Samson is not a huge fellow. If he was huge, people would say it's because of his muscles. But it was the anointing that was always coming on him. I'm, I'm sure he was one slim guy. Forget about the pictures of him that you see him. But when that thing comes on him, so he took a hold of this lion and held the lion and tore it apart. That was a miracle. How many of you don't believe that it was, it's a miracle? Go try one. <laughs> I don't know about here. We have a zoo over there at Abuja. When that thing is moving, it's as if he's, he's the governor of the whole place. He's inside this uh, enclosed place, but he's looking at us who are looking at him. Because... <laughs> oh, my God. But Daniel, in the same den, with another lion. Now, lions. He didn't tear anyone apart. But he believed God there was a faith he had that sustained him for as long as he was there. No harm came to him from the lion. Then watch the story. You have not finished the movie. The other part of the movie he didn't watch was the king came. Oh, lion. Oh, oh Daniel. Was your God able to deliver you? He listened. Then Daniel's voice came out from the den, echoing. Yes, 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 yes. He delivered me, delivered, delivered, delivered me. <laughs> then somebody there said, I'm sure those lions, they have removed their tooth, <laughs> no teeth. Then they said, the families that bore false witness against Daniel, Go and bring those families. The Bible said before they could touch down, people had their bone cracking to show that those lions were still active and well. That was gift of special faith. Hallelujah. Word spoken. That shall surely come to pass. Somebody spoke spoke words like that. In um, oh dear, where where are we? <sighs> Lift up your hands toward heaven. Joshua chapter six, verse twenty-six. Thank you, Lord. Joshua chapter 6 verse 26. Joshua adjured them at that time saying, Cursed! Because this gift will work with either blessings or cursing. Building up or tearing down. Whatever it is, those words spoken out, sometimes those words will hang in the air for years. But coming to pass, they will come to pass if they were spoken under this anointing, this, work, this gift of special faith. 
hear something he said cause be the man before the lord that rises up and builded this city jericho he shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it and walked away later on joshua died those words didn't die Six thousand years down the line. Six thousand years down the line. In First Kings, chapter sixteen, verse thirty-four. First Kings, sixteen thirty-four. In his day did heal. So, the man has a name. The better light, build Jericho. He laid the foundation therefore in Abiram, his firstborn. Set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segub. That sounds like Shegum. <laughs> I've not seen Pastor Shegum since I came. There's a Pastor Shegum here, isn't there? He preached the last day I the last day I visited. I was here, I came quietly here one Sunday. I shared with what I preached that day and gave us what to plan for the new year. Yeah, it was at, it was who? It was at, I, I, I can't preach, but Shegun coordinated. I was in that service now. I gave offering, I gave offering in that service. <laughs> yeah, I can't forget Shegun. Uh, he preached a very powerful message that day. And the, the reason I will always come here, especially when I have class, is because I am always permitted in this place, even if I am not supposed to preach, I can sit and enjoy service. I enjoyed that service. I enjoyed that service. Did it come to pass? I'm not hearing you. What Joshua said, did it come to pass? What Jacob pronounced over his 12 sons, did they come to pass? That, that is the oppression of the gift of faith. Then, Smith Wigglesworth was one who operated in this gift. He, he lived in this gift. Raised 23 people from the dead. 23 people on record. Smith Wigglesworth. At one time he slammed the man against the wall. Walk! In Jesus' name, the man fell flat on his face. He picked the man up and pinned him against the wall. And held the man, jacked the man against the wall. He said, Walk! In the name of Jesus. He left the man. The man fell, picked up the man again. He was such that when they there's a the news that somebody died. The wife tries to protect him from hearing it. <laughs> because once Wigglesworth hears it, he will start heading there. <laughs> Amen. I love, I love John, John G. Lake. John G. Lake said, said something over this precious man of God by the name of um, Gordon Lindsay. Gordon Lindsay, incidentally, was born in the Zion City. Zion City built by Alexander Dowie. Bible, Bible, Bible history students, are we here? 
at his dedication, John Gillick prophesied over him that he was going to, going to become a prolific writer. Gordon Lindsay died at 56. 30 years old, he has not written any book. 40 years old, he hadn't written any book. 49 years old, he hadn't written any book. I told you he died when? 49. No book. But between 49 and 56, he wrote over 200 books. Just imagine, somebody lived for 56 years and 49 out of the 56, not one book. But those words spoken hung in the air until they come to... Every sustained miracle is the gift of special faith in operation. Miracles, gifts of... Sorry, working of miracles is an event that happens, but what gift of special faith is a process. So the workings of miracle parted the Red Sea, but gift of special faith kept the Red Sea parted. Because working of miracle does not sustain. It's, it happened. It happened. How do these two gifts Let's talk about gifts of healing and working of miracles. How do they work on our bodies? Healing is the renewal of the body from a diseased condition. But when it becomes a miracle, when it is workings of miracle, when it has to do with a human body, it is creative uh, uh, dimension. It is in the creative realm. And then so many times, we have gifts of healing and workings of miracle work together. Now I can tell you one or two stories, even though my time is up. There was this lady. She was, I must have shared this testimony here before. Between her wrist and her elbow at uh, University of Abuja Teaching Hospital, Gwagwalada, they had operated on this lady seven times. I don't know what happened to her that brought about the op operation, but they operated on her seven times. I guess in the process, they severed the vein transmitting life. The hand died. The fingers had turned black. She was merely carrying that hand around. It was dead. If no finger could move like this. She was a student of University of Abuja, final year student, last semester, about going for youth service. And she came to one of my miracle services. Hands were laid on her. I'm not sure I knew when I laid hand on her. I, don't, I, I didn't know when I did. She went back home used the good hand and laid this one on a pillow and went to sleep. Somewhere around midnight, she was woken up, looked in the direction of this hand resting on a pillow and she saw, she saw the hand jerk. 
And she said, no, no, I didn't move that hand. I couldn't have moved that hand. Then the hand jerked again a second time. Then she said, pain that was so unbearable came upon that hand that she couldn't sleep all night long into the early morning of the next of the of the of the next day. Then she discovered the fingers were working. She discovered she could raise the hand. Then I went to preach at a wedding. One of my pastors got wedded. And then I was sitting as the guest, another pastor, uh, a doctor, Pastor Oji, was the one conducting the the marital process. I, mine was to just come and preach. And then uh, this lady kept, a lady just kept looking at me. So I thought it was my suit that, you know. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, you know. <laughs> you know, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You know that this guy is looking at you. He's not relenting. But you have decided you are not going to look in that direction. But just to be sure that uh, he was still looking, then you looked, and then <laughs> if it has happened to you before, raise your hand. <laughs> so I did just that, and this lady kept looking. So I preached. Uh, now we were going to the football field for the reception. Then the bridal train were coming because the my pastor was. Uh, came to greet me. The wife now came to greet me. So she came with the train. And I told the lady, do, do I know you anywhere? That lady that was looking at me all the time. She said, ah, you don't know me again? I said, no. Run into a lot of people. It's not possible for me to uh, keep the memory of the faces of everybody that I have ever met. He said, see my hand. And dropped it. Then I also speak my own pidgin English. Uh -huh. What about your hand? He said, this hand was dead. This is my pidgin English. Hand did I? <laughs> now just imagine the person that was used to bring a dead hand back to life did not know that hand could die. So I, I asked her, hand did I? He said it was Abutu, Pastor Abutu's wife that invited me. She is my friend. I came to your church during the miracle service. That time you say all the sick people should come to one side. I was angry. I was angry with, with you because why were you exposing sick people? You told all the sick people to come to one side. So I was angry. But she came and petted me and begged me. Can you imagine? Begged me to stay. So immediately you lay hand on me, I left in anger. God help pastors. And the mercy of God. So went back home and then woke up the next day, the hand is alive. And I say, You must come and share this testimony in church. It will help us, help the brethren. He said, no, I'm sure I got to mountain of... I said, you know, mountain, mountain of what? If you don't come. 
Now you angry before. Now me angry now. If you don't come, that hand will go back. I know the one, the, the part I didn't tell you. The same University of Abuja Teaching Hospital were preparing her for the procedure. So I told, I reminded her, do you want to go for that procedure? This Sunday, I must see you. She was there. <laughs> she shared her testimony. Was that healing? No. That was what? That, that was creative. That is creative. That was creative. So God is also not just in the renewal business. Like if your kidney was failing, this is a very good service. Because they will come back. Your, your, your amen. Wait, wait, wait. You think that I, I left Abuja to come all the way here? And not go away with testimonies. And not be that kind of person. I prayed for this meeting. I don't know how many weeks I've been praying for this meeting. Now I go come here. Come, come out. I no hold testimony. I go hold. Oh, okay, I go hold. I go hold. I say I go hold. If your eyes are failing. God is in the renewal business. But just in case there is a reason for some creation, there is one gift called walking of miracles. As we talk about I'm now, the Holy Spirit in the walker. As we talk about now, in the walker. They say you have, you have fatty liver. Okay, let me even describe some conditions that I am presently aware of. Is it okay for us? Because we are in a Holy Ghost meeting. Okay? You, I'm not condemning that this person. You've been going into relationships, relationships. I'm not saying it's your fault. They get what they want and they walk away. And you are wondering how come this vicious cycle? Here is the word of wisdom. This is the way forward for you. You are going to separate one week of fasting and seeking God about your marital life and your relationships. But in the process, make up your mind to present your body unto God as a living sacrifice. Let that your beautiful body not be the reason that people will just be coming. And don't become, don't be desperate anymore. After this, you 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 tell stories. I say you will tell stories. Okay. Um. Thank you, Jesus.
swellings of the leg disturbing very disturbing you need two pairs of new kidneys we'll get them today I long sightedness short sightedness we need some muscles of some lenses operated upon to correct long sightedness and short sightedness and that condition of your eyes will not mature into glaucoma in the name of the Lord Jesus thank you heavenly father yes where miracles are needed where creation is needed this morning we receive we receive I don't know what is behind that forgetfulness that forgetful, forgetfulness is so alarming it disturbs you I'm talking to somebody it disturbs you but whatever is behind it whether they call it uh, Parkinson in its early age early stage we cut it off in the name of Jesus we cut it off today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus those shaking hands but they are not constantly shaking they shake for some time and then they stop but you are aware this morning this afternoon they will stop shaking in the name of Jesus whatever is wrong with your brain whatever is wrong with your chest whatever is wrong with your reproductive organs the God that quickened the dead that caused those things that be not as though they were will answer you today in the name of Jesus I say in the name of Jesus one thing I have noticed is when the anoint I am uh, anointed to heal the sick do I need to tell this church is this church aware yes it, did, it has not left me it has only increased from the last day I, I was here it has increased <laughs> and the devil is in trouble in the name of the Lord Jesus I like this scripture Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 when the even even means evening was come they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils well there are not many devils there is one devil but they are evil spirits so that it's rightly translated possessed with evil spirits but listen he cast out the spirits what spirits spirits that are behind sicknesses and diseases he 
cast out the spirits with his word to be able to produce healing. There are conditions that will not respond until spirits that are behind those operations are driven out. So a blind spirit makes people blind. A deaf spirit make, makes people deaf. Or a robot said this. He said, when I come against an evil spirit, he said, all of a sudden, I am aware of their character. I'm aware of their name. So once I come against an evil spirit, I will know the name. That is discerning of spirits. And he said, I'm able to even tell their number. Not different from what Jesus told Brother Hegel. Not different. We are here today, one, to minister. But the, the even more important one is for impartation. Gifts that shall come alive like never before. Those things, there is going to be a hunger that starts from today and will never end. Your amen is not good enough. I had this hunger since 1987. I have ministered to the sick for over 30 years. I have all kinds of testimonies. I have seen, I was in Zambia, sir. I was by Cairo Street. I don't know that you, you have been to Cairo Street. There used to be a Bible school there, run by Paul, Paul Momo. Paul Momo used to be the resident pastor of Living Faith Lagos, directly under Bishop Oedepo. His twins, his twin brother is Peter. So Peter and Paul. Peter is still is pastoring a church in Zambia. They are very, very close. And uh, in one service, I don't know what that building is called. The building where the Bible school is. In one service, we, we had three, well, when in South Africa you say, if you have HIV, come. It's like you said, if you have headache, come. Nobody is feeling victimized. So, but my friend and I, we were thinking like Nigerians that we were. So we didn't want to say HIV. We say if you have blood condition. So they will still come out. If you have blood condition, and then we'll mention HIV, uh, that one, that one. So that we'll just hide anybody that is coming out for HIV because it's so prevalent that the son of Kenneth Kaunda, the first son, died of HIV. You go to many family houses, you see only the madam is alive. The other guy is gone. What killed him? HIV. What killed the other one? HIV. That was how. And God gave us three, three cases that turned from positive to negative. HIV. I preached in Zambia. We were talking this morning. I preached in 33 pulpits within three weeks. Most of them was at that Bible school. Preached from, preached from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. until I didn't want to see my Bible again. I experienced burnout. 
I enjoy the Makosa music. You know, Makosa is a special music to us here. But there, as you enter church, you will be hearing lead like this. <laughs> and I like lead. I like lead guitar. Anybody here? Are you guys there? Lead guitar. Hey, if you touch that lead guitar. So I entered and I asked my, my uh, the pastor on ground. Is this, is this your normal music here? He said, no, yes. Here, Congo, this is, the same, this is the music we play. I said, this music is special music in my country. Now, now they just use them anyhow here. God honored us. Miracles. Healings. And I'm sure about this morning. I'm sure about this money. That diabetes will die. That high, high blood pressure will go back to normalcy. In the name of Jesus. Healing is the renewal of the body from a diseased condition. But working of miracles is creative. God can create. He is the creator God. Let's just lift up our hands everywhere. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.